0: we welcome now to the show sarah huckabee sanders former white house press secretary and the republican nominee for governor in the state of arkansas and sarah great to have you here
1: thanks so much good to be with you
0: i have so much to ask you about i want to start with just the news of the day a recession has arrived back-to-back quarters of negative growth for the united states economy that on top of all the decade high numbers on inflation when you're traveling around Arkansas, talking to voters and people you hope will be soon your constituents, what are you hearing from Arkansans on these issues? How it's affecting them? Because here in D.C. and New York, there's a lot of game playing around, you know, words and definitions and rhetoric. What's the reality like in your state?
1: Uh, look, the reality is that people are hurting, and no matter what they want to call it, um, you know, they are the same group of people that said there's no inflation, and now they're saying there's no, there's no recession. Um, they're also the same group of people that said men can, can get pregnant and the border secure and the Afghanistan withdrawal was a success. But people are smarter than Democrats are giving them credit for, and they feel the impact of the bad decisions that have been made uh, under this very – Uh, strongly Democrat-led Congress and administration, and when they continue to push bad policy, frankly, it's pretty simple. Bad things happen, and the American people are feeling it. We certainly hear it everywhere we go in Arkansas. When people go to fill up their cars, when they go to the grocery store, they're feeling the impact of these bad policies, um, and they don't like it. And I think it's one of the big reasons you're going to see a huge shift um, in the environment right now is really bad for Democrats and hopefully will result in a big red wave in November, which I certainly think is, you know, what to be expected.
0: I have to ask you this, just putting on your hat for a moment as the former White House press secretary, it feels like just a few days ago that top Democrats and this administration started to basically inform the media that even if the definition of recession were to be met today, which it was— the back-to-back quarters of negative growth in the U.S. GDP number, even if that were to be the case, it's not really a recession because that's not technically the definition, and it's a broader metric, and you really have to wait longer, and they don't believe that it really fits or whatever. That was the talking point that they started putting out just very recently and instantly, Much of the media just stood up and saluted, and even when the news arrived today, they were hedging, they were using a lot of different qualifier words around the word recession because they've been, I guess, just informed from the people upstairs that we're not just going to use the traditional definition anymore. I just need to know from your perspective, if this were happening when you were press secretary under the president that you served— And there were back-to-back quarters of negative growth, and you guys decided that you were going to just announce to the media that the definition doesn't apply anymore, and really the definition needs to be changed or you're not really going to use it. Um, How accommodating would the press corps be to your new definition?
1: Oh, it w- it would have been awful. They would have. I probably would have made. Wouldn't have made it out of that room alive. I mean, <laughs> what's crazy is we actually had a booming economy under President Trump, and they denied it all along. I mean, they are completely uh, and total allies of the Democrat Party. It's hard to find the separation between the Democrats and the media. And just because they changed the definition of a recession. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Every single American right now is feeling the pain when they're buying groceries, paying our energy bills, gassing up our cars. And, um, you know, I think it's crazy. We actually had a good story to tell and they refused to write about it. And right now, every single thing that the Biden administration touches, they destroy and they refuse to write those truths um you know i think for most of us watching it can be very frustrating i think one thing i think many of us can agree on guy is that we all know what the definition of failure is and that's a joe biden presidency and we're seeing that play out every single day on the national stage across the country
0: in your state The Republican governor right now, I was looking at some approval ratings the other day of all the governors. He has a strong approval rating. What do you think Governor Hutchinson has been doing well in Arkansas? And what would you try to perhaps change or build on as part of your agenda? If you get elected, as expected, you're the front runner. If you're going to become the next governor of Arkansas, what do you want to keep going and what do you want to do differently?
1: You know, I think one of the things that has been uh, a a positive movement for the state of Arkansas um, that the governor and our state legislature have worked on is historic tax cuts. Um, Income tax here in Arkansas is relatively high, and they have worked on starting to bring that down. And that's something I certainly want to continue and begin phasing out the state income tax here in Arkansas and reward people's hard work instead of penalizing it at the hands of the government. And I think that's one of the best places that we can provide instant uh, and permanent relief is by phasing that out here in Arkansas. One of the areas I really want to zero in and focus on as governor is education. I think it's something we have long ignored, not just in our state, but frankly across the country. And we have not done a good job of making sure our kids are actually prepared for the workforce. We're setting so many kids up for a lifetime of government dependency instead of putting them on a pathway to success. I want to focus on educating, not indoctrinating, empowering our parents, not government bureaucrats, and making sure they're ready to take on the next step and enter the workforce when they either finish high school or uh, attend a trade or vocational school or go on to a four-year degree. We have to make sure that the ultimate goal is that we are preparing them to step in and be contributing members to society. And I don't think we've done that in education, and certainly the numbers and the data don't reflect that we have.
0: Sarah Sanders is my guest, often referred to as Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and that name is familiar because, of course, her father ran for president. Before that, he was the governor of Arkansas for multiple terms. And so you grew up around a governor. Now you want that job that your dad once held. Obviously, it's a different world. Than it was back then it's a different state in some ways but it's still arkansas how often do you talk to your dad about the campaign how much will you lean on him if you're governor for advice and where do you think maybe things are similar enough that he could be a resource for you
1: yeah i try to get as uh, much free advice as i can from my dad i tell him all the time that he's the best governor that our state has ever seen and, frankly, one of the best governors our country has ever seen. And I look forward to at least taking the title of best governor of Arkansas away from him. And <laughs> he's uh, He laughed but is very supportive in that effort. And, uh, certainly, he and my mom are my, my two biggest cheerleaders and biggest sources of encouragement um, and are a phenomenal resource to be able to lean on. You know, the state makeup was very different when my dad came into office when he was first elected as the lieutenant governor, who was only the fourth Republican elected statewide in 150 years. And now uh, Arkansas has become very much a red state, very conservative state. And the makeup of the legislature is very different. He had four out of 35 senators were Republicans when he was governor and 11 out of 100 House members. And now Republicans have super majorities in both. So while the environment is better for a Republican, I think the expectation Expectations are bigger as well. Um, He had to fight for every single movement. To me, that means we have a lot of opportunity to do really transformative things for our state. And the expectations are high for us to to deliver. And I look forward to to meeting those and hopefully even excelling the expectations that exist out there.
0: Well, look, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of expectation, as you said. uh, And that's all true. Um, I also think that there's going to be a lot of scrutiny. There's a lot of power and influence that any governor has. And with that comes attention from the press, criticism. I think women, conservative women in politics, often have a target on their back for, you know, a lot of uh, criticism and attacks from the left, from the media, sort of often the same thing. As you think about the responsibility the huge amount of responsibility that you would have if you win this election in November, are there Republican governors around the country who already have the job in this era, in this day and age, that you talk to on any sort of a regular basis, just to sort of give you some pointers, not just on the you know, election front, but as you start to think about what your governing approach would look like, are there governors in particular that you especially admire or lean on or talk to?
1: Yeah, certainly. And outside of my dad, you know, there are a lot of governors that are doing really great things at the state level. In fact, I think if uh, one of the most positive things that has come out of the last couple of years is people have been awakened to the impact that their governors have and are paying much closer attention to who. Are serving in those positions and in those roles um, and engaging in politics in a much bigger way because of it. And we've seen our conservative governors step up around the country, I think, and be the leaders that we need to push back against an out of control radical left Washington. Um, and I say, uh, I try to talk to and steal ideas from as many as I can because they're doing remarkable things. I think that's one of the bonuses of governors that's very different than what you'll see in Washington. Washington Washington so often is completely polarized to the point that it becomes paralyzed and they have no ability to make or impact change but in the states and on the state level you're seeing a very different story and there's a much greater sense, I think, too, of camaraderie among governors willing to share good ideas and best practices of things that are working. Uh, Governor Reynolds in Iowa, I have known for a long time, have a great relationship and a great amount of respect for her. Um, got a lot of great governors surrounding Arkansas, Governor Parson in Missouri, Governor Lee in Tennessee, um, that will have to work closely to do some things um, that will go across state lines and have great good impact for both states. But at the end of the day, we've got 36 governor's races taking place this year alone. And I think conservatives are going to come out the big winner uh, in November. And we'll see a lot of governors working closely together over the next several years, trying to make sure that certainly, again, we protect against that radical left mandate coming out of Washington, but also focusing on moving our states forward. Fighting back against bad ideas is only half the battle. We also have to focus and lead with heart and vision on how we're going to take our states to the next level. And I think that sense of camaraderie among conservative governors will never be higher than it is after November.
0: That's at the state level. At the federal level, there's all sorts of chatter, of course, looking past even November to the next election, which is what so many people do in the media. We're guilty of it here, no doubt. But... It's not like we're at a loss for news hooks or we're inventing stuff. It's very much an active conversation right now. Your former boss... President Trump talking about, heavily hinting that he is going to run again for the presidency in 2024. Some people love that idea. Some people do not on the Republican side. feel like maybe it's time for someone else. Uh, do you have a view on whether he should run again? Uh, and, and maybe any view on whether he, if he decides to run, should he announce before the midterms or maybe wait till after? Have you thought about that much?
1: I, you know, I think whether a person runs for office is a very personal decision. Um, and having gone through the decision making process uh, both to decide whether I'll throw my hat in the ring, but also being part of conversations with my uh, immediate family when my dad was going through that process, it's very personal. And I think that the only people who can make that decision are, you know, that individual and their family. And I I think we have a lot of people that are going through that right now. The good news is, I think President Trump has an incredible story to tell and a great record to run on, which is different than when he launched and ran the very first time in 2016. And in comparison to the completely failed... Biden administration. I think that matchup and uh, certainly bodes well for the president, but it's a personal decision and I'll stay out of the way and let him make it. I learned a long time ago that's the best way uh, to survive is, you know, be there when the decision is made, but uh, certainly has a remarkable story to tell if he decides to throw his hat in the ring again.
0: On the other side of the aisle, the sitting president, Joe Biden, I mean, the knives are out for him Among Democrats, the polls are terrible. It seems like there's an overwhelming desire for him to move on and not seek reelection. Do you think that, you know, he survives this or is is he a one term or one way or another?
1: Uh, I I think he's definitely, for the the sake of the country, I hope that he's a one-term president because I'm not sure that America uh, can or wants to withstand four more years under President Biden and the failed policies that we have seen them enact and and force down over the last couple of years.
0: Sarah Huckabee Sanders was White House press secretary under President Trump. She is now the GOP nominee for governor in her home state of Arkansas, where her dad was governor, and she is the runaway favorite to win that race. So if we don't have you back before November, Sarah, perhaps next time we have you on the show, I'll have to call you governor. That would be kind of fun. I sure hope so. I
1: appreciate it. Thanks
0: for letting me come on today, guys. You bet. Sarah Sanders. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com.